Blog Talk Radio.
thank you once again for tuning in to another night of Prayer International Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. Our call-in number, 619-638-8458. Over the course of the next two hours, um, if you need prayer for anything whatsoever, please give us a call. If you need to know Jesus, if you have something on your heart, you have a testimony, a praise report, please give us a call as well. Father God, Lord, we surrender the next two hours to you, Lord. Father, that you would have your way in this broadcast, that you would have your way in our lives. Holy Spirit, we lay down this broadcast at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, asking that you would touch every single person who is listening tonight, whether they listen live or whether they are listening to an archive. Father, that you would strengthen them with might by your spirit, Lord. Give them wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Father God, reveal yourself to the hearts of men. Reveal yourself to the hearts of the listeners. Lord, reach out to them as they are reaching out to you. As your word declares, draw near to you and you will draw near to us. Father, you said your word declares that you know the thoughts that you think toward us. Thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope. So, Lord, tonight we ask that you would make that scripture a reality in our lives. Father, let those words sink into our hearts and into our spirits. Let them become living water for us to live by. Jesus, you declared that you are the way, the truth, and the life. You said no one comes unto the Father except through you. Your word also declares that there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved except for the name of Jesus. Jesus, you said, men, search the scripture, for in it they think they have eternal life, but they're not willing to come to you. Lord, we desire to know you as you have known us. We desire to go past the basic knowledge, Father, and for you to reveal yourself to us. Holy Spirit, that you would... Reveal to us the thoughts and the intentions and the heart of God. Holy Spirit, that you would transform us from glory to glory into the image of Christ Jesus. As your word declares that we are living epistles, living books that you have written on God. Not as when you wrote on the tablets of stone and wrote the Ten Commandments, but in these later days you have written into our hearts and in our minds to know you. Father, you have placed a desire deep within us, Lord, a burning hunger and a burning fire, Lord, to be in your presence, to know who you are. So, Father, as we know that you are faithful to fulfill your word, Lord, I ask tonight for every single person listening, a greater revelation into who you are. Father, not only as just our Savior, not only as the Lamb of the tribe of Judah, but Father, as the Lion, Father, as the Victor, as the Conqueror, 
Jesus as the one who set us free from the bondages of sin, from the bondages of death. You who rose from the dead and are no longer stuck in a tomb. But Jesus, the word declares that you are seated at the right hand of God. Having everything being, having everything put under your feet. The word declares, Jesus, that your name was exalted above every name. That every man, all men, whether in heaven or on earth or under the earth, whether principalities, powers, mights, or dominions, Jesus, everything, everyone will bow to you and declare that you are Lord to the glory of God the Father. Holy Spirit, make the word alive to us tonight. Reveal yourself to us tonight. Thank you, Jesus.
majesty Worship His majesty
and I didn't listen to it. Um, but I did the church service this morning, and I pretty much ended up talking about almost the exact same thing that he was talking about, and which was the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we talked about it last night and then um, again this morning, it seems that we can never talk enough about the name of Jesus. Um, so for a little bit, I wanted um, us to talk about it some more. Because, you know, the Bible says there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. You know, I one of my favorite movies is a movie called um, City of Angels, um, which has an actor named Nicolas Cage in it and Meg Ryan. And I love how movies um, at times imitate real life. Um, a lot of times people think it's the other way around um, and that people try to imitate movies, but I believe most things in movies um, do imitate what's real. And at one point... Um, Nicholas Cage, who portrays an angel coming to bring um, salvation and um, to help people um, come to the revelation of that God's real, he um, he's talking to Meg Ryan about um, about God and God having a plan for our lives, and she's like, I don't believe in that. And she's a doctor, and she has a technological mind and scientific mind, and she only believes what she sees, what she can hear, what she can feel. And you know, Nicholas Cage looked at her, and he's like. You know, some things are true whether you believe in them or not. And this is a hard thing to talk about at times. And it shouldn't be, but it is. Because all over this world, there are countless millions of people on the face of this planet who have never, ever heard the name of Jesus who don't know who Jesus is. Um, there's millions of people who worship various different gods and spirits and demons and false gods um, because we know there's only one God, which is the Lord. Um, there is no other God but Him. <clears throat> In the Bible, there's a story where Paul, I believe it was Paul, went um, to one of the major cities and in the city they had... Um, rows and rows of various different um, idols, little um, carvings of each one representing a different god because um, back in those days they worshipped pretty much everything. And he walked around all these different fake gods that people had and he came upon one that just said the unknown god. The unknown God. And, you know, at times I think in the um, society we live in, even as Christians, that is actually a really good term for him, is the unknown God. Um, in that, you know, this was, he, Paul was in Athens. Um, I believe it was in Athens. And let me actually pull up the scripture for you. Um, I know it's somewhere. I just got to find it. Well, I'll just talk about it while I'm trying to find it. And, you know, men, 
throughout the ages have sought to know who they are, to know why they were created, what purpose they have. And they can turn to a myriad different sources to try to figure that out, whether it is through science, whether it's through the world, whether it's through school, whatever knowledge that they tend to find. And let me just read this for you. And this is Acts chapter 17. And I'm just going to start reading here. Um, And this isn't, I don't know necessarily this is the way we were going to start this broadcast or go with it, but um, I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit for a few minutes if that's okay with you. Um, um, Acts chapter 17, verse 16, it says, Now when Paul, while Paul awaited, waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods, because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. You know, it seems like no matter how many um, false gods out there are, how many belief systems, it's surprising that in the times we live with the technology we have, that there are people who still don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 19 it says, And they took him and brought him to Aragopas, I don't know how to pronounce that, but saying, May we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and all the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. You know, Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. Just man's knowledge of it. And men are always telling something and wanting to hear something new. The Bible says that Men will be turned away with various winds of doctrine, always wanting going to whatever doctrine will tickle their ears. But we know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. He it says, we worship him who was, who is, who was, and is to come. The Bible says in the chapter of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus also said, Father, restore the, restore me to the glory I had with you before the world began. And in the end, he, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Because we know that the world was formed. The universe and all of creation was formed and shaped through Jesus Christ. It says all things exist and consist and have their meaning because of him and him alone. And verse 22, it says, Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus, hopefully I said that right, and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, 
I even found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all of the face of the earth. And he has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and by man's devising. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Jesus, the Son of the Living God, the Yeshua. You know, regardless of what belief system people had have, some people worship Buddha, some people worship Muhammad, some people worship this God or this God. But we know from experience in whom we have believed the difference between all of those other gods and the Lord Jesus Christ is number one that he's real and number two that we have known him through his blood through the revelation of the Holy Spirit with whom the Bible says we were sealed until the day of redemption See, with all the other religions out there, all the other belief systems, men groping, trying to find him. They struggle in vain, believing that through their own hands and their own works they might somehow obtain a type of righteousness that would assure them an escape from the inevitable clutches and forces of death that they may obtain some type of resurrection from the dead, not knowing that the resurrection from the dead that they seek to enter into eternal life comes from, from the only one who had the power to give eternal life, which is Christ Jesus. The only one who died upon the cross was resurrected from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit 
and exalted in heaven. The only one who has seen God at any time. And the only one who has made a way for us to be reconciled with the Most High God was Jesus. And, you know, so there's... Some people will say, well, we should be able to worship whoever we want. We should be able to believe in whatever we want. If God's a God of love, then he'll understand. Well, as the movie declared, some things are true whether you believe in them or not. As Elijah said on the mountain, one of our favorite verses, choose this day who you will serve. If you want to worship false gods and false idols that have no power, then worship them. But as for us and our households, we will serve the Most High God. We will serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He who stands as a judge of before the nations. We don't need to judge anyone because the Lord God has already appointed for himself a righteous judge. The only one who ever was righteous. And he will judge the nations and judge the peoples and the kingdoms of this world through his own righteousness. And we stand in grace through the faith that we have in his work upon the cross. For the Bible declares in Ephesians, by grace we are saved through faith. It's not of our works, but it's a gift of God, not of not that any man should boast. Except in Christ Jesus, in whom we live and move and have our being. And since night, we exalt the name of Jesus alone. And for eternity, we will sing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And this same Jesus will assuredly return again as he said, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. Behold, he is coming quickly as time narrows down the little time we have left upon this earth, which may seem like a great deal of time to us humans who live based on our regulations of time. But our Father, who exists outside of time, has said He's coming quickly, and He will not tarry, and He is coming again. And this same Jesus has declared unto us that he would not leave us as orphans. As the Father declared again in the book of Joshua and before where he promised to Moses and then again to Joshua and men of God ever since and saying, I am with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid. Only be strong and of good courage for I am with you. The scripture says, where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? Where can we go from him? 
you know, let's read that. If all of you, if any of you have a Bible, um, turn to Psalms 139. If you want to get an image, just a visual, into this God who we serve, here's a good place to start. It says in Psalms 139, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before. And laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night will shine as day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak wickedly, speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hates you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred, and I count them as my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is anything wicked, any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, it's the same thing that Moses said on the mountain. If I have found favor in your sight, God, show me now your way that I may know you. Paul said, I have counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, 
not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. It's all about Jesus. Every minute, every second, every day, every breath that we live and move is because of him. Not only is it because of him, but it's through him. Not only is it through him, it's for him. For the Bible that says to present yourself, your bodies as living sacrifices to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. There is no greater gift than the gift of salvation. being passed from death into life, being transformed into a new creation in Christ Jesus, being adopted into the family of heaven, having been granted citizenship into the kingdom of the Most High. There's no experience like the revelation that comes with knowing who Christ Jesus is knowing that he sits at the right hand of God making intercession for the saints. There's no greater experience than having a relationship with the Son of the Most High God, of knowing him intimately, knowing his heart, knowing his thoughts, knowing his desires, not only for our lives but that of the world. For the entire nations, every land, every kingdom, every person, every king, he has declared his purpose and has written it, that he is not willing, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And yet there are far, far too many in this world whether by ignorance or by their own will, don't understand. For had they known, like the scripture says of those at the time of the crucifixion of Christ, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Jesus stood upon the cross, hanged upon the cross, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. As foolish children following the only thing they know, which is the world, because they yet had not received the revelation of Christ Jesus. And in these times we live, which are exceedingly wicked and growing more so every day, men still do not know what they do. They still do not know what they serve because blinders have been put upon their eyes. And so we intercede and we pray and we stand in the gap night after night, day after day, minute after minute. As Abraham stood before the Lord interceding that he would not destroy the nation. And in like manner we stand before the Most High God. 
interceding on behalf of the nation, standing in the gap for those nations who still have yet, not yet come to the fullness of the knowledge of the Lord. For those rulers whose hearts need to be changed and turned and shaped and formed and molded, who need to have their eyes opened so that they can see the truth that he is real, that his love is unmeasurable, that his ways are far beyond our ways, his thoughts far beyond our thoughts. This is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number 619-638-8458. We are going to take a break and we will be right back.
Okay, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Uh, call in number 619-638-8458. Father, we're just praying for all the um, all our members who are in the chat room, um, Antarctica 13, Grace Orphanage, our good friend from India, Happy Hugs, Minister Grox, Mass 240, Exposing Demons 1. Father, thank you for all these men and women of God, Lord, who fervently serve you, Lord, those... Father, they desire to know you, Lord. They desire your presence, Father. For every one of them, Holy Spirit, I pray an increase, Lord, that you would expand, enlarge the borders of their hearts, Father. Lord, grant them a double, triple portion of your presence, Father, of your joy, the joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. Father, knowing that you're Jehovah Jireh, Father, thanking you for providing for every one of their needs, Lord. That you are Jehovah Rophe, the Lord our healer. That you have healed all their sicknesses and diseases. Okay, so here's where we're going. Um, on the same line, and it just came to me. So we're going to read the one of the most famous passages in the Bible. Um, while we're talking about Jesus tonight. Um Here we go. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He is no former comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. You know, in the book of Genesis, you can find a parallel between Jesus being here on the earth and what happened in the Garden of Eden. You see, Adam and Eve had sinned, and so they they decided to hide their faces from God when God came looking for them. Even though the Lord was still looking for them, they hid their faces from him. Because their sin had made them ashamed. But yet, their sin, though it had consequences, it didn't negate the love of God. And so God went looking for them, already knowing they had sinned. Already knowing they are sinners, but also at the same time knowing the gift of salvation which he had had for them. And the covering which he would make for them. And so the Lord fashioned together his own covering for them. They had used fig leaves, a work of their own hands. But the Lord God fashioned them, clothing it from an animal. Because as the Bible declares, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. 
But just picture it, just picture it for a second, the fact that after Adam and Eve had sinned, their first reaction was to hide from God. In the same way, and in like manner, when the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth to declare that the kingdom of God was at hand, to declare that he was the way to the Father, to declare that he was the Son of the Most High God, to declare their life, that he had life as a gift for them, if they would believe. And yet, once again, men had hid their faces from him, refusing to believe because the consequence would be admitting who they were. But they men would rather hide in their sins than come to the light. It says in verse 4 of Isaiah 53, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before it shares a silence. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Now pay attention to this part. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you, God, make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Now, I want... All of you have a Bible, turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author of and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. This same Jesus, it says, for the for the joy that was set before him. And what was that joy? Except the salvation of the world, the restoration of those who had been lost into the presence of the Father. But yet to get to that point, he had to endure the cross, despising the shame. And it says it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It says he was smitten by God and afflicted. Not for his own actions, but for us. And I want to paint a picture here for you, for those of you who are listening. Jesus comes to his own. But his own did not receive him. Nor did they want to believe. But yet for the purpose and plans laid down since the foundation of the earth. For the Lord to redeem man to himself through his own works. Because when he looked for a righteous man he could find none. He had to send forth the only one that could be righteous, which is his son, Jesus Christ. Who learned suffering through obedience. And Jesus, who had a way of escape, for as he said in the garden of Gethsemane, do you not think I could call legions of angels right now? But for this reason, I have come forth to do the work the Father has sent me to do. He said the Father has been working and I am working. While men could not understand and could not see what the Father was doing. Through obedience, Jesus got upon the cross. And at that moment, the Father, the Almighty God, Elohim, poured his wrath for the sins of the world upon Jesus. Every sin, every transgression. And he took all the punishment for all of the sins that men had, had ever committed or ever would commit. And we know that the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And not even a multitude, but just one. And the Lord God took all of that weight and placed it upon Jesus. 
and Jesus himself became sin. Became very an image of sin in the eyes of the Father. And the Lord poured his wrath out upon him and crucified sin in the flesh. That we could walk in the newness of life, having been forgiven, having been redeemed, that the price for our sins had already been paid upon that cross. And if it wasn't enough, then the Father resurrected him from the dead. And it says Jesus took the keys of death, hell, and the grave because he could be nothing but victorious. And he ascended to the right hand of the Father to offer his own blood upon the mercy seat in heaven. So that once and for all, he could perfect those who are being sanctified. Once and for all, he could say, it is finished, it is done. My work is complete. So that the joy that's set before him, which was us, could be accomplished. You know, I want to um, give you my opinion on something real fast. And this is not necessarily, um, it's not really laid out in the Bible, but I'm just going to say something and do, take with it what you will. But I'm going to paint another story for you to emphasize what Jesus did on the cross. And if I'm wrong, forgive me, but we'll see. The Bible says no one has seen the Father at any time but His Son, the Son who came from the Father, who had been with the Father since before the foundation of the world itself, had always known a relationship with His Father, could be found almost every night going to the Father to seek His face, to be in communion with him because his very life came from his father. We know the Bible says that in a way that God cannot even look upon sin. Now imagine Jesus being on that cross having become the very likeness of sin in the flesh. And as the Father pours out his wrath upon him, Jesus says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And there's a lot of people, a lot of ministers, who have one opinion or the other why, they, why he would say that. But here's what I think. I think for one moment, Jesus experienced something that no one had ever experienced or ever will experience until the end 
is that for that moment, the father had to turn away from him. And for that moment, while Jesus had become sin and was being crucified, his relationship with God, for just a moment, that recognition of his presence, the recognition of everything, was gone as he became sin. So that we wouldn't have to experience it. For you know, the Bible says we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Some who will inherit eternal life. And some who, through their own choice, will go to the place that was not prepared for them. Place of torment that was reserved for angels and the enemy. And the real torment will not be fire or flames, but it'll be the lack of his presence. It'll be the forever separation, the irreversible choice to live for eternity outside the presence of the Most High God. We strive to know Him. We strive to find Him, as the Bible say, to grope for Him, that we may know Him as He knows us. And yet many people in this world will die having not had the full revelation because they know not what they do still. And as a result of wanting to cover their own sins, which they cannot do, will forever be separated from his presence, will forever be separated from God. be it never separated from the love of God. Someone told me once that the only people who will go to hell are those who refuse to live in the presence of God. And as though it's against his will, he cannot force them to be in his presence. And so for eternity, they will choose. And while we go to the resurrection of the living, they will not. And quite many of them, because they don't know, because no one's ever told them, because someone was too busy or someone was too comfortable to give them the one gift they had, they had already received to reveal to them the truth of who they were that they didn't know. But yet we know. And so what excuse do we have for not telling the truth and speaking the truth in love to the world? 
What excuse do we have to hide in the shadows of our comfort zones and our lavish lifestyles when he sacrificed so much and all we have to sacrifice is words and love to reveal to a person their birthright that they never knew they had. You know, that's the ironic thing about this life we live. When I said some things are true whether you believe them or not. Well, the Bible says, wide is the gate that leads to death. And there are many that go in by it. But narrow is the gate that leads to life, and there are few who find it. And as they struggle in the darkness of this world, under the sway of the evil one, deceived and confused, we gladly run into that narrow way which we have found most of the time never pointing it out to them. As it says in Habakkuk, I will stand my watch. You know, let's turn there. If you have a Bible, turn to Habakkuk. Let me actually find it myself in my own Bible. Because, you see, this is what the church should be doing. Instead of playing church, we should be the church. Instead of talking about missionaries and talking about outreaches, we should be doing them. says in Habakkuk chapter 2 I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected then the Lord answered me and he said write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. What's the vision? Except that Jesus said, I am coming quickly. So you can't go to another nation. Maybe you can't physically, but you can spiritually when you enter into your prayer closet. And in a second, you're in the spiritual realm standing before the throne of the Most High God. 
lifting up your voice with the authority that was put in you by the name of Christ Jesus, with whom you are sealed, with whom you serve, with whom your identity rests. And you proclaim the victory and the salvation of nations and kingdoms you may never physically step foot in. And you intercede before the Father that he would not destroy the nations and the land. That he would send forth harvesters and laborers into his fields. For as Jesus said, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And as the Bible declares, who, how will they know if no one tells them? How will people tell them if they're not sent? Well, we've been sent. We don't need Bible colleges. and As great as they are, you don't need all that. Because you have a mandate from the Most High God. You have a mandate from the King of the Kings and the Lord of Lords who said, Go forth, preach, declare that the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cast out lepers, raise the dead. Freely you have received, freely give. And that is the ministry which we have of him. To carry on in his work. As he has been working, we are working. And as he intercedes... For the saints, we intercede. As the Bible declares, carrying around and carrying about in our body the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fragrance of life into a world of death, carrying about the light of Him who is light, who brings gives light to all men coming into the world, carrying about that light into the nations of darkness. And making the darkness dispersed at the name of Jesus and declaring that the kingdom of God is at hand. And that his salvation is here. And that restoration and freedom are the rights of the children of God and of the world. Six one nine six three eight. 8458. If you need prayer, give us a call and we will be right back. The blood that Jesus shed for It will never 
Hey, All welcome right, well. back to. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead, Greg. Go ahead. Okay, so we have. Yeah, what were you saying? Yeah, I'm waiting on you, brother. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to mute myself. Go for it, man. <laughs> we have Smash240 on the line. Are you there? Hey there. And um, as this show doesn't belong to us, but it belongs to the Holy Spirit, he called in saying he had a scripture, and and who knows what else the Holy Spirit's going to say to him. So I'm going to turn it over to him real fast and just let the Holy Spirit do whatever he wants. So it's all yours. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your swords with you, turn to Psalms chapter 50. Psalms chapter 50. The mighty God, even the Lord, hath spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. God is in control of it all, brothers and sisters. He is the one that makes the sun rise. He is the one that makes the sun set. He is the one that lets us have gravity so we can stick on the planet and we don't float up into into space. He is the one that is holding all of our atoms together. It's all because of him. Out of Zion the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very temptuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth, that may he judge his people. And judgment, brothers and sisters, starts in the house of God. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me, by sacrifice. Whose sacrifice? Jesus Christ. And the heaven shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself, Salah. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am God even thy God, I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. So the same thing you were saying about the sweet aromas, which is Jesus Christ continually in us <clears throat> through the power of his Holy Spirit. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and every cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. It's all his brothers and sisters. Every single bird that flies in the air, every single beast of the field, every single deer, it's all his. It all belongs to his, to him. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving. We have to offer God thanksgiving, praise and worship every day. And pay thy vows unto the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble. And I will deliver thee. And thou shalt glorify me. We offer you praise and glory, Father. But unto the wicked God saith, 
What hast thou to do to declare my statutes? Or that thou shouldest take my covenant in my in thy mouth? Here God's talking about all the hypocrites. They talk the talk. They talk the big talk. They have a form of righteousness, but denying the power thereof. Seeing thou hatest instruction. They hate being corrected. They hate the per- the reproof of brothers and sisters that are more spiritually grown than, than they are. And casteth my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, then thou contentest with him, and hast been a partaker with adulterers. Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. They, they sow discord amongst the brethren. They turn on each other, make people turn on each other. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such and one as thyself, but I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I shew the salvation of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. You still there, Chris? Okay. Yeah, that was... yeah, I'm here. And I really I really like the last verse of it. Offer it praise. When we offer him praise, it glorifies him. And and to him that ordereth his conversation aright, we have we have upright conversation. We we take captive any thoughts that exalt itself above the knowledge and obedience of Christ. And to the people that do this, God will show us his salvation. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So I really I like Psalm 50, verse 23. I really like that. I really like Psalm 50. I like verse 22. It says, Now consider this, you who forget God. seems like there's way too many people who are forgetting it. Forgetting God and forgetting the Lord, um, which is why we need to continually remind the nation of who He is. At least they forget. At least they uh, lose sight of who the Lord God is. So we're gonna take one last break. Uh, call in number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight if you need prayer. Give us a call, and we'll be right back.
God, we're back. Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. And I am following Sean Holmberg. He was the host for the better part of the night. And I'll be your co-host. My name is Chris Herzog, just wrapping up with the last 25 minutes of the show or so. Just want to thank those of you that are tuned in, either live, by phone, by chat room, blog talk radio, maybe you're listening to the archive later. But just realize that the reason we're doing this, uh, the reason we call our ministry Prayer International Ministry, one, we felt like the Holy Spirit wanted us to call it that, but two, we want to be an international prayer base, uh, just a prayer base for the nation, prayer base for ministries, ministers, Christians, non-Christians, and just really uh, take our rightful place as intercessors. You know, we feel like it's a privilege to have the opportunity to pray for men and women of God, pray for those that are in need, and just have the privilege to lift up men and women to the Father. You know, the Bible says that God was looking for, for a man to stand in the gap. He wondered why there were no intercessors. And it makes you, uh, and this will sound redundant, but it makes you wonder why God wondered you know, the thing that marveled Jesus was the lack of faith, but the thing that marveled God or made him wonder was that there was no intercessor. You know, he's constantly looking for men and women that will take their place and pray. He calls us to stand our watch, to be watchmen on the wall. And, you know, unless we're taking that role, you know, he says we're royal priesthood, we're a holy priesthood, we're, we're royalty. That we're a kingdom of priests. And what that means, the priest's role was to take the people before the Father and lift them up and, and in a sense, make atonement for them. Of course, Jesus is our high priest. Jesus is our one mediator between God and man. Okay, there's no other mediator. In other words, there's no other way that you're going to get to the Father except through the blood of Accept through the blood of Christ, accept putting your faith in him, confessing him, and receiving him by his spirit into your life. But as ambassadors of Christ, as representatives of Christ here on the earth, as the people of God, you know, Jesus said the harvest is ready, the harvest is ripe. There's plenty of harvest to harvest, but there's few laborers. There's not enough laborers. And how are they going to hear unless a preacher be sent? How are they going to hear unless we teach the truth? The Bible says to speak the truth in love, and God is seeking such to worship him, those that would worship him in spirit and in truth. He's calling for his people to pray and stand in the gap for one another. And so we take that role, we take that uh, part seriously. You know, some might say, well, I don't feel called to intercession. Well, you know, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Christ, 
if you've been born again or saved or however you want to term it, there's plenty of terminology you can use. But if you're in Christ, if you're a child of the Most High God, you're commanded to pray. You're commanded to pray. It's a command. Now, it's not one of the Ten Commandments, okay, but it is a commandment of the Lord. It's a commandment in Scripture. It's something that God takes very seriously. In fact, so serious that he says nothing will be done in the earth unless we reveal it to the servants, the prophets first. Well, those prophets were men and women, and even today, modern day, New Testament prophets are nothing more than men and women that are committed to God in that place of prayer, that intimate place of intercession, that intimate place where they're one and one with God in their closet, in the secret place. And you know, the Bible says the secrets of the Lord are with those that fear Him, those that reverently worship Him or stand in awe or acknowledge Him, have respect for Him. He clearly says if you draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. So as we draw near to God, we can expect that God is going to draw near to us. So you know, God is looking for men and women to take their place. So realize we're praying for those of you in the chat room. We're praying for those of you that have touched base with us through email, those that have given us their information and, and asked for prayer. We're standing in the gap, not just here on the show, but throughout the day we lift your name up to the Father. And I don't say that boastfully. Listen, I'm not trying to brag or boast or nothing like that, okay? I'm letting you know that that's what we feel our place is here, is to make a hedge to create a hedge, a hedge of protection, a wall of prayer, if you will, to raise up prayer warriors and raise up an awareness of prayer across the nation here in the United States and also across the globe to the four corners of the earth, to the nations. Now, this is just one way that we do that is through Blog Talk Radio. You know, we also have a Sunday morning church service that we do online via video. Right now, Sean is handling that because my wife and I are serving in a church uh, here locally as uh, pastors of prayer and associates. We also head up a children's ministry at our local church. We also head up the singles ministry at our local church. So we're wearing quite a few hats right now, and um, but we also, you know, have a place here at Prayer International, which we are now actually moving forward. And we're becoming more like an online church, which we'll be doing services on Sunday mornings, services on Wednesday nights uh, via video. So if you want to tune in, the, the website is www.prayerinternational.org. And, you know, everything we do, we do Central Standard Time because that's our time zone. So it's 10 o'clock Sunday mornings. I think we're going to start doing probably like 5 or 6 o'clock Wednesday evenings, depending. Uh, we're, we're coming to that place here this week where we'll be doing that. And also, you know, we'll be archiving things on YouTube, Ustream, 
and different media uh, networks. Also, we're on Facebook, different places you can find us. So we're, we're not just using the blog talk, but we're using other media streams as well. Um, also, we'll do Saturday night services uh, that are our own prayer international church here locally in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And we do some itinerant preaching, and we'll take teams of people once the, uh, the doors start opening to do worship and, and prayer and teach and altar ministry in different places. So pray for us. Pray for us. You know, we are uh, taking on some new things in the Lord. We're headed in a new direction with our ministry. We've had to have some time to iron out some wrinkles and smooth out the rough edges and just kind of hear from God about which way we should take this, which direction we should take it. And we know one thing, unless people are praying for us, unless other people are standing in the gap for us, not much is going to happen. So we're believing, you know, for souls. We're believing for people to come into the kingdom. We're believing for salvation. We're believing for healing. We're believing for deliverance in people's lives that really need Jesus. And unless we have an intercessory base and people praying for us, we're not going to be very effective in the kingdom. Now, we don't shun our responsibility to get in a secret place and spend time alone with God. We do not shun our responsibility to open up our Bibles and study to show ourselves approved, just like the Bible tells us to do. You know, we're not just doing this a couple hours a night, but we're doing it throughout the day, around the clock, praying continually, seeking God, and trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to do what he's calling us to do. Now, I don't want to make this a whole commercial about our ministry because, you know, we want the time that you spend with us to be uh, enlightening, enriching, encouraging for you. And so with that being said, I want to pray for those of you in the chat room and those of you that are listening via blog talk or over our website or however you find us. I just want to speak the words of life over you. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everything that you're doing. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, for your goodness. And, Father, tonight, Lord, we say, come, kingdom of God, and come, will of God. Let it be done here on the earth as it is in heaven. And, Father, tonight, Lord, I lift up, Father, those that are with us, those that are standing with us, And, Father, we pray, Lord God, for Wendy, Lord, tonight, for Blues Eagle, for Brother Reno, for Grace Orphanage in India, for Happy Hugs, for Cheryl at J.C. Overcomers Ministry. Father, we pray for Minister Gronk. We pray for Will, the Radio P.I. Lord, we pray for Joe, Smash 240. Lord, we pray for Wheat Country. We pray for those that Lift up this ministry, those that pray for us, Lord, those that are listening, Lord, the guests, and, Lord, those that might listen later. Father, we just pray, Father, that you would reveal yourself in a powerful way. Father, you'd reveal yourself in a mighty way, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we ask, Lord God, daily bread, Lord, provide every need that is named, Lord, every one of their needs, Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the all-sufficient one. You are the El Shaddai, Lord, that can take care of every need they have in their lives. 
It's according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus that you supply those needs. So, Father, we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory because we know you're the true source. It's you. It's not our jobs. It's not our ministries. It's not other people, although you may use those things in our lives. But, Father, we recognize tonight in Jesus' name that you are the source. You are the resources. And, Father, it is all of you, and it is all to your glory. Father, we pray tonight, Lord, forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Forgive those, Lord God, that are carrying around weights and sins that easily beset them. Help them to remove and uproot those things that are a stumbling block in their lives. And, Father, we pray tonight, Lord God, help us to set our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let us fix our eyes. Let us set our face like a flint, Lord. And, Father, we thank you, Lord. You told us to cast down every vain imagination and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. So, Father, anything that's in the life of these men and women tonight, that is exalting itself against your knowledge, Lord, we cast it down. We say, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Every mountain, every detour, every distraction, Father, there is no weapon for under fashion against the people of God that will stand. And we declare tonight that every tongue that rises up against them in judgment shall be condemned because this is the inheritance of your children, Father. Lord, we declare tonight that healing is the children's bread. Father, those that are sick in their bodies, Father, we just declare the blood of Jesus is speaking for their healing. The blood of Jesus is speaking for their wholeness, Lord. You healed every sickness and disease among the people, and we declare that by your stripes we are healed, Lord Jesus. Father, we declare that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, Lord God, we trust you that as your word goes forth, as your word goes forth, that you will confirm your word with signs and wonders following. Lord, we declare that we do not follow signs and wonders in this ministry. We encourage everyone, Father, not to follow signs and wonders, but those that are preaching your word, you said signs and wonders would follow them. So we welcome, Lord God, those that know you. Lord, we say, Lord God, impart to us that intimate knowledge. Give us, Lord God, intimate knowledge of who you are. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself in a mighty way. And, Father, help us to be strong and do great exploits, Lord, tonight. Father, we just ask, Lord God, that you'd lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We thank you that you're leading your people in a straight path, that you have paths of righteousness for your people to walk in. And we thank you, Father, that you are the good shepherd, and we thank you, Lord, that you said your sheep hear your voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So we pray that you give your people ears to hear, spiritual ears to hear your voice, to hear that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit, that they would have a spiritual understanding of what your word declares. Lord, we declare that there is no dream or no prophecy or no word from a man or woman that could ever replace your Holy Scripture. And we make that clear tonight, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Scripture that we will not add to or take away from your word. But, Father, we declare your word is holy. Your word is health to our bones. Your word is life. And, Lord, as we follow your word, Father God, 
Lord, we thank you that it is clear, giving insight to life, and it is the lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And we declare tonight, Lord, that your word is powerful. It is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. You're, you're using your word as a sword to separate, to cut away the flesh, to cut away and show us the thoughts and the intents, the motives of our heart, Father. And we pray, Lord God, you said if you ask, to ask in faith, that if we ask, don't ask in this, don't ask with the wrong motives. You said, Lord, for us to not be double-minded, because a double-minded man is unstable, and let him not think he would receive anything from the Lord. So we pray, Father, keep us focused and fixed on the things of God so that we can receive your blessings. And most of all, we can receive you. And we can receive your direction. And we can receive your correction. And, Father, we can receive your wisdom in our lives. And, Lord, we thank you, Father, that your wisdom is being downloaded into the hearts of your people. Now, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're moving throughout the earth. That, Holy Spirit, you're looking for hearts that are fully yours, fully God's. That you're looking for shepherds that have a heart after God. You're looking for sheep that would follow you and then not the stranger's voice. So, Holy Spirit, we pray, Lord, lead us in the right path. Lead us in the right way. Holy Spirit, keep us and preserve us from all the schemes of the enemy. Lord, we pray that not one man or one woman that's here tonight would be ignorant of the devil's devices, but they would recognize, Lord God, the schemes of the enemy, and that they would prepare. They would lift up their shield of faith and would quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And we thank you, Father God, that your word is going forth to extinguish the enemy's fire, and your word is going forth like an all-consuming fire, And we thank you, Father God, that you're burning up the chafe and you're burning up the things that are not of God in our lives. You said the refining refining pot is for silver, that you try and refine gold and silver, but, Lord, it's your word that refines our hearts. It's your word that refines us and brings us to a place, Lord, of pure worship, of true worship, of true sacrifice. You said for us to present our bodies unto God, for this is your reasonable service, that we're to be living sacrifices unto you. Not just in our bodies, but our bodies, spirit, and soul be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, I just pray tonight, Lord God, bless your people. Holy Spirit, breathe on your people. Restore bodies. Restore parent-child relationships tonight. Restore marriages tonight. Lord, birth ministries tonight. Anoint ministers of the gospel tonight. And, Lord, touch the hearts of your people, your children, that just need a hug, that just need to feel your arms wrapping around them. Holy Spirit, wrap your loving arms around your children tonight and fill them with your presence. Fill them with your glory and fill them with your love, Lord. Father, we just declare, Lord, it's all for your glory. It's all for your honor. It's all for your praise. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is real. We thank you that you are evident. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are a living God. You're a living God. You're a living God. You're not, you're not dead. 
You're not in the grave. You're not a baby in a manger. You're not a broken man on a cross. Lord, but you are alive, and you're not going to stay in heaven forever, Lord, but you're coming back. And we declare that you are coming back, Lord. And we pray, Father God, that every knee would bow, every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father, that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is Lord. And we give you all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I just wanted to pray. I just felt the prayer in my heart. I've been just kind of, I jumped on the show tonight about 10 o'clock with Sean, and he wanted to roll with it for a little bit, and I didn't know what a little bit meant. And uh, so I was just kind of sitting here praying for everybody in the chat room while he was sharing his heart. And, you know, I kind of went back and forth with a few of you, and, you know, I just felt a little, sometimes you just get that fire burning in, inside, you know, it feels like something just shot up in your bones, you know. When I used to read that as a child, you know, how the prophet was there, it feels like fire shot up in my bones. You know, uh, I had different thoughts about that. But, you know, when you really have fellowship with the Holy Spirit and you really allow his word to work in your life, it really can be like an all-consuming fire. It really can just set your heart on fire and put a passion and a stirring on the inside of you. And, you know, God wants his people motivated. God wants his people motivated and excited about the things of God. You know, like my wife said, she she says God wants his people passionately pursuing the purposes of God. And that's how we're supposed to be. We need to be passionate about God. Passionate for God, but compassionate towards people. And we always need to be pursuing which means running after and inquiring of and and seeking out, hunting down the things of God. And that's how God wants us. You know, it's it's one thing when you're tolerated, but it's another thing when you're celebrated. And, you know, nobody wants to just be tolerated and, you know, have people just kind of accept them just for the sake of accepting them. But people want to know that they're they're they have value. People want to know that they matter. People want to be pursued. People want to be celebrated. And of course, you know, this isn't to say that we're to this isn't to take any focus off of Jesus. I'm just making a point. And God is the same way. He wants to be celebrated. He doesn't want to be tolerated. He wants to be pursued. He doesn't want to be just pacified. And so in your walk with God, how you respond to God and how you seek out God is going to really determine how he responds to you and how he seeks you out. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And literally, you do reap what you sow in the kingdom of God. If you're pursuing God with all your heart and all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, listen, God is going to respond to that. He's looking for hearts that are fully his. The Father seeketh such to worship him, and they that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. And that spirit doesn't just mean to act super spiritual, but when you pursue God and worship him in spirit, it may include some spiritual encounter and some spiritual things, but he's saying from your heart, from a genuine heart-to-heart expression, a genuine face-to-face expression. Now, you won't see the face of God. 
because if you did, obviously you would be consumed. But when we say, Lord, we're seeking your face, what we're saying is, Lord, let the light of your countenance come over us. Lord, just, just let us understand who you are. Let us see your goodness, Father. Let us see your character, Father. Let us see everything that you have for us, Father. And that's how God wants to be pursued. It's, a, it's intimate knowledge. It's not just having a book knowledge or an over-glorified Bible study. And believe me, we can sit here and rattle Scripture off and teach chapters of the Word all night long. That's what we do. That's what we know to do. That's all we know to do. Because I know, I've known Sean since I was 19 years old. Okay, I'm 39 now. So for 20 years, for 20 years I've walked with this brother on and off. And I've known him for about 20 years. And all he does is meditate on the Word of God. Now, he never went to Bible college. I had the privilege of going to a Bible college that was fairly balanced. Um, I never got to finish because I didn't have the funding. I didn't have the money to finish. And I ended up in a ministry job as a youth minister, a youth pastor, an associate pastor when I was 19 years old. Or 20, right around there. And so I never got to finish Bible college. So all I had was my time in the Word and my time on my face before the Lord. And that's what I did. I, I, I ate and I consumed and I read and I studied the Word of God because there was a passion inside, a desire and a drive and a motivation inside of me to do so. And the Bible says whatever's in your heart, whatever's on the inside of you is going to come out. Whatever is in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. And if you'll hide His Word in your heart, if you'll learn to eat and meditate on the scripture, it'll come out. It'll come out of your mouth. It'll come out of your mouth. So the the key is, is not to see how much scripture you can just read, just for reading's sake, but it's how much of it can you get in your heart? How much of it can you hide inside of your life? And not just stop there, but how much of this word can you do? How much of this word can you obey? God says those those that are willing and obedient, those that are willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. And so he's calling us to be willing and obedient vessels. To be willing and obedient vessels where we consume ourselves with the things of God. Where we get consumed with the things of God. We become passionate about the things of God. We become motivated about the things of God. Listen, when you love somebody, when you are in love with somebody, you love somebody, listen, you you become passionate. You want to pursue that. You want to do for that person. And God is the same way. And he wants his people to celebrate him and to pursue him and to be motivated to do for him. Uh, well, it looks like I'm out of time. I didn't even realize that I preached past the 12 o'clock hour, so this is being recorded. Hey, listen, if you're listening by archive, we're wrapping it up. We'll get into this tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, as my wife says, I shared this just about 10 minutes ago, passionately pursuing the purposes and plans of God.
And uh, but anyways, listen. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. Obviously, I ran out of time. We love y'all, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place. God bless you.